Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me in the Betters Box. This is ATS.io's MLB betting podcast for Monday, June 14th. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Daily article posted over at ATS.io for you to check out. You look at that every single day over there at the website. Picks, comprehensive breakdowns of the games, things you can file away in the back of your mind for future starts, for future games, all that kind of thing in that daily article over at ATS.io. Or you can read it in the ATS app, which you can download from the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The ATS app is a bet tracker, an odd screen, a stats database. You can buy a premium model subscription in there as well. Lots of good stuff for you to check out in that ATS app. And you can also track the picks from the daily article under my name, Skating Tripods, in that app. Again, available in either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. So it works whether you have an Android or an iOS device. Lots of other great content over at the website for you to check out as well. And, you know, I kind of had an epiphany over the weekend here that I need to start getting ready for football season. We're not that far away from the NFL and the college football seasons. So we're going to try to start putting together some content with that over the next couple of weeks here to go along with golf, NASCAR, UFC, daily MLB stuff, all the things that we have going on uh, with my work over at ATS.io and also some very good stuff from our other writers as well, covering WNBA, NBA, NHL, and all those different sorts of sports betting markets. I'll chat tomorrow with Brian Blessing right here on ATS Radio about the U.S. Open out at Torrey Pines. Brian hitting an outright winner from last week's show on Garrick Higo down at the Palmetto Championship. So we'll see what happens here with our U.S. Open breakdown. Regular format here for the show. We'll go beyond the box score, down the lines, give you a pick for Monday night's action, and then preview a few series for the week ahead here. Well, let's go ahead and start with a look beyond the box score. And obviously the big story around Major League Baseball remains the crackdown on illegal substances, what's happening with the spin rates out there. And you know, one of the things I think is really important about handicapping baseball and, and really handicapping sports in general is knowing where to look for good information. Travis Sawchick on Twitter, at Travis underscore Sawchick, S-A-W-C-H-I-K. He's doing a daily update on Twitter in terms of what's happening here with the baseball and with spin rates ever since the Major League Baseball memo came out on June 3rd. Now, when we look at what Sawchick has found so far, and this was going uh, through games on Saturday, Home run to flyball percentage up 2% since that memo went out on June 3rd. Strikeout percentage down about a percent. Batting average up 15 points. None of those things particularly surprising here because when we talk about the impact of spin rate, and I've done a lot of that here on this show and also in the article over at ATS.io, tighter movement, later movement. And, you know, like I talked about with that quote from Charlie Blackman, he basically said, look, You have to swing where you think the ball is going to go, not where the ball appears to be going. So not a big surprise that as spin rates have lowered here, hitters have had a lot more success. They've been making more contact and they've been making more quality contact, at least in terms of hitting some more home runs. So batting average up 15 points through the games on Saturday, but Sawchick doing those updates on Twitter every day, definitely something worth checking out there. And also another thing that Sawchuk mentioned in his update yesterday is that over 67% of pitchers have seen a spin rate reduction 
since that June 3rd memo for Major League Baseball, and 36% with what Sawchuk believes to be a huge reduction in terms of half an RPM per mile per hour unit. These are called Bauer units. So looking at fastballs only here, which is what we're kind of looking at because breaking balls are going to be different, you know, based on the arm slot, based on the day, stuff like that. Fastballs, especially with the sample size that we have, we are seeing a very significant decrease here in spin rate and a significant increase in offense for hitters coming against those fastballs and really just overall in general here. And I want to throw this out there because it is very important that there is a fine line between looking at the spin rate drops and decreases and treating them as gospel because start to start variations are going to happen. If a pitcher has a velocity decrease for that start, the spin rate's going to be down. There is a high correlation between spin rate and velocity. If you're throwing with good spin rates, the harder you throw, the more rotation you're going to have on the baseball. So that just kind of comes with the territory here. Environmental changes. You know, I talked about this a little bit last week, but you know, some places are more humid than others. Some places are hotter than others. Some places, you know, you have uh, higher elevations, you know, something like that. You've got more air pressure in certain places. So environmental changes will definitely have a significant impact on the baseball. So you don't want to look at all of these spin rate drops and just assume that a guy has stopped using a substance or something like that. If it's a velocity decrease, if it's an environmental change, something like that, those things will be factors. Also, one that we don't know about, you know, if we know about spin rate or velocity drops, excuse me, yeah, that will generally create a spin rate drop. Velocity increases could also increase spin rate. The environmental changes, we can look at the weather, we can look at the weather conditions and all of that. One thing that we don't necessarily know, the calibration of the cameras and the technology being used. You know, is everything in tip-top shape? Is it all where it should be? across all 30 major league ballparks. We don't necessarily know that. It could have an impact in certain venues, stuff like that. So the thing that I would look for here, I would look for the largest drops as indicators and specifically drops in spin rate where there's also an increase in velocity. Because as I said, there's a really big correlation, a a very significant relationship between velocity and spin rate. So what guys are doing, and we've seen this with a Garrett Cole, for example, if you're losing spin rate for whatever reason, whether it's you know just something mechanical or not being able to use these substances, increased velocity will help. That will create additional spin on the baseball, kind of take away and mitigate some of the losses from not using a substance. So if you're seeing a velocity increase, but a spin rate drop, Those are going to be the biggest indicators for me. So yes, mild variants can and will happen. There are a lot of factors from start to start, but there are some things I think we can look at and kind of weigh a little bit heavier if it's a big spin rate decrease. And also if the spin rate is decreased in spite of higher velocities. So those are the things that I would try to look for here. And you can look at all this stuff over at Baseball Savant, baseballsavant.com the home of StatCast data on the internet. You can look at a lot of this spin rate data, not even just after the fact, but in real time as well. So what I want to do today was run through once again here 
and look at some spin rate decreasers in their recent starts or appearances. Some of the guys I talked about on the last show, like a Dylan Bundy or a Griffin Canning, both of those guys had some velocity concerns in their most recent starts. But guys like Tyler Anderson and the relievers for the Pittsburgh Pirates, a lot of spin rate decreases across the board. Wandy Peralta of the Yankees, a reliever. James Karinchak of the Indians, a reliever. Tyler Matzik of the Braves, a reliever. Obviously, Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, Tyler Mayle, guys like that. But as I said, I'm trying to kind of parse out the velocity drops because that will impact spin to a high degree. So I'm going to run through here by day, going back to Thursday, looking at some guys that have had some spin rate decreases and guys that I think are worth paying very close attention to. And I've highlighted some of them where the velocity has gone up, but the spin rate has gone down. And those are the ones that I'm paying very, very close attention to here in the near future. And something else too, and I'll talk about this a little bit more once I run through this list, is that it's going to be most obvious to see with starting pitchers and starting pitchers are going to get the most run, the most you know publicity out there for having spin rate drops. But a lot of relievers are going to be very negatively impacted by what's happening here. And I'm not going to say that, you know, if a few guys are doing it, everybody on the team is doing it. But kind of based on what I've taken a look at so far here, there are some teams where it does look like a lot of their bullpens kind of using substances, kind of sharing ideas, stuff like that. So there may be some bullpens that will be negatively impacted by this alleged crackdown, which supposedly started yesterday, where umpires could take more of a look at it and all of that. We could very well get our first suspensions this week. uh, So we'll be on the lookout for that as well. But just run through a list of guys here to kind of keep an eye on it. You know, as I was doing this too, I also saw some guys that maybe have had velocity and spin rate decreases to where I'd kind of be worried about some underlying injury factors or something like that. But I'll try to run through these quickly. And if you want to get on the list for the betters box notes, and I very much encourage you to do that, email me skatingtripods at gmail.com. And all you got to do is send me an email, say you want to be on the list for the show notes. Very easy to do. That's something I think you should definitely do here. As I run through this list of names, kind of start looking at some profiles of some teams maybe that are kind of doing this more than others. If we get a lot of pitchers on the same teams kind of popping up, well, that's something that we may want to take a little bit of an extended look at. But as we go back to Thursday here, a reliever to start things off, Lucas Sims for the Cincinnati Reds. Fastball velocity up, spin rate down on his fastball, about 229 RPM from his season average in that appearance on Thursday. And in fact, we also saw that again from him on Sunday. So Lucas Sims, a guy who's pitching in high leverage for the Reds right now, uh, some pretty big spin rate decreases. That's a guy that you want to keep an eye on and also probably a bullpen unit as well that you want to keep a close eye on. I've mentioned Tyler Matzik a few times here for the Atlanta Braves, but in Thursday's appearances for Luke Jackson and also Chris Martin, two guys with some spin rate decreases coming out of that Atlanta bullpen. And that Atlanta bullpen, you know, which was very good last year, very good the year before, hasn't been as good this season. They really haven't been able to get into form so far this year for one reason or another. But Matzik definitely appears to be a guy that's been using something. Maybe Martin as well. Jackson's spin rates came up a little bit in his appearance on Saturday, so maybe not him. 
but I do think that the Reds and the Braves bullpens are maybe a couple of units that you do want to watch closely. And as I said, I don't want to accuse anybody directly of anything. I'm just looking at interpreting and analyzing the data to see what's out there. But there are some guys where it does look like there are some shady things going on and maybe some teams as well. So as I said, the Reds and the Braves, two bullpens that you want to keep a very close eye on here. Not spin rate related per se, but just as Sheffield of the Mariners in his start on Thursday, velocity was down and his spin rates were down. So maybe just a day where he couldn't get loose or something like that, but keep an eye on Justice Sheffield for his next start. Maybe some injury indicators there with him uh, more so than, you know, using a substance or anything like that. Thursday, we saw a big decrease in spin rate for Chichi Gonzalez of the Colorado Rockies. And this is one too, where that was a road start for him. That was down in Miami. So a road start. And if you're seeing an average spin rate decrease on the road, where spin rates are typically going to be lower at Coors Field, that really stands out to me. So Chichi Gonzalez is very much a guy that I would keep a close eye on. Wandy Peralta, once again on Thursday, a velocity drop. And in fact, he's been used quite a bit. This could be more of an injury situation than anything else. But I do notice as I go through the player breakdowns over at Baseball Savant, Wandy Peralta's spin rates have been down pretty consistently uh, across the board. So there's a lot going on here. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's, you know, the stoppage of a substance, something like that. But Wandy Peralta of the Yankees is getting a lot of work and is a guy that is popping up a lot here uh, in my research. Friday, we saw Max Scherzer with with a decreased spin rate, but then he leaves the game with a groin injury. So that appears to be injury-related more than anything else. Speaking of injury-related, Blake Snell, his spin rates were down. Velocity a little bit low. Fastball was down slightly. Keep an eye on this one here, too. Blake Snell here coming up in his next start on Wednesday. Uh, But on Friday, the spin rate's down a little bit. Fastball velocity down a little bit as well. Another one here for the Rockies on the road, and that's Kyle Freeland. Uh, Kyle Freeland's spin rates were down and his velocity down in Cincinnati. I think this one is more about not being healthy than anything else. I don't think that Kyle Freeland is 100% right now, and he makes a start on Wednesday here, oddly enough, with Blake Snell on the other side. So maybe looking to take an over uh, in that one there with San Diego and Colorado on Wednesday if both of those guys are still in line for those starts. Tyler Mayo. Again, I talked about Tyler Mayo from the jump as being a guy that had some spin rate increases. His spin rate was down again on Friday. This is very much one to watch. Does appear as though Tyler Mayo is a guy that will have a decreased fastball spin rate. So he's pitched okay, uh, you know, here so far with the decreased spin. But as we go forward here, something I would watch very, very closely to say the least. How about Ryan Yarborough? Uh, His cutter spin rate was down quite a bit even though it was up in velocity in his last start uh, against the Orioles that was down at Tropicana Field. Maybe that, you know, climate-controlled environment at the Trop having something to do with it, I don't know. But that was something that was kind of interesting there where Yarborough saw a decrease in spin rate despite an increase in velocity. And a guy that doesn't throw particularly hard to begin with. So I thought that one was kind of interesting there. Uh, J.P. Fireisen, a reliever for the Milwaukee Brewers, His spin rate was down again on Friday, and I've seen his name pop up a little bit as well in my research as having some decreased spin rates as a very high spin rate on his fastball. 
but that's been down a little bit here of late. He's been used a lot out of that Milwaukee bullpen too, or out of that Tampa Bay bullpen, excuse me. So maybe that's it. And that's something that's really important to keep an eye on here too with relievers is that, you know, if they work back-to-back days, three out of four, four out of five, something like that, yeah, the stuff probably won't be as sharp. So that's why it's kind of tough to cherry pick these relievers a little bit because if you're working multiple days in a row or something like that, yeah, your stuff just might not be as good, which is why it's certainly easier to kind of pick these things out with starting pitchers. But I'm still trying to watch some of these bullpens as well to kind of see if I can figure out any team trends or, you know, maybe some live betting angles if these guys come into the games, stuff like that. Speaking of bullpen arms, Tyler Chatwood, a big drop in his spin rates on Friday. Was that what fixed his control? Because he was a guy who couldn't find home plate with a compass. And now, you know, his control's been a little bit better here over the last couple of years. I don't know, just kind of throwing it out there, just kind of analyzing the data and not accusing Chatwood of anything, but the data, you know, from Friday, looking at a pretty big spin rate decrease there. Another reliever here, Brandon Workman for the Red Sox. And I've talked about this one a few times now. Maybe it's a workload thing, but Brandon Workman was a guy who was, you know, a very fringe starter, kind of fifth, sixth starter type of guy, then winds up pitching in high leverage in the bullpen. His fastball spin rates are down quite a bit of late. Maybe that's something you want to watch there uh, with the Boston Red Sox right-hander. Once again, on Friday, Tyler Matzik down yet again. Big velocity drop too, though, for him. So again, could be injury-related, but I think there's something more than that probably going on there uh, with Tyler Matzik, just because every game since that memo has come out, he's had a spin rate significantly lower than his season average. Also on Friday, almost across the board, the Pittsburgh Pirates with spin rate drops. And I feel like this is a team-wide type of thing here for the Pirates. Uh, You know, when you look at, The fact that they were fourth in fastball spin rate as a team, they don't really have a whole lot of guys that kind of, you know, profile as super spin rate types of dudes. They have tried to find a lot of them in terms of curveball spin rate for the bullpen. But now it makes me wonder, did they do this organically or what? You know, the Pirates, not a very good team anyway, but a lot of spin rate drops for their guys. Something very much worth keeping an eye on there with the Pittsburgh side. On Saturday, once again, Wandy Peralta uh, was working a you know second time in three days, but once again, Wandy Peralta spin rate down quite significantly. Another one here for the Indians, along with Karinchak, who was down again on Saturday, Nick Sandlin. Now, Nick Sandlin is a guy for the Indians that throws from a sidearm, you know, kind of barely submarine style format. Hasn't pitched all that consistently, but this is the second time I've noticed that his spin rates have been down. So Nick Sandlin, James Karinchak for the Indians, a couple of guys to watch. Brian Shaw has been working a lot. His spin rates have been down to a degree. Uh, The Indians bullpen, the strength of their team, but now I'm kind of getting a little bit worried, uh, not only from a betting standpoint, but also being an Indians fan. Three starters on Saturday that you absolutely have to follow along with here in their next few starts. The first one is Dylan Cease. And Dylan Cease's spin rate was down in that start against the Tigers on Saturday, even though his velocity was up. So to me, Dylan Cease looks like a guy trying to compensate for a decrease in spin by throwing a little bit harder. And Cease is a guy, if you look at his spin rate numbers 
in 2019, and I talked about that in the first show where I discussed this, his spin rate in 2019 was good, but it wasn't the elite that we saw in 2020, and it's up even more here in 2021. So that's another one where you had a guy with a big, you know, high walk rate, kind of improves upon that, and you sort of wonder, you know, is it really just throwing strikes? Is it really smoothing out the mechanics? Or is there something else going on here? And I think for Dylan Cease, this is one we want to pay close attention to because I just sort of feel like, you know, with how hard he throws, spin rate is a really big factor for him. If his spin rate continues to be down a little bit relative to previous seasons or well, relative to earlier this season and last season, that's something I think we want to pay close attention to. So Dylan Cease is one of them. Corbin Burns, big spin rate decrease on Saturday for the Brewers. His worst start of the season, velocity was fine, but his worst start of the season. And then Trevor Bauer, of course, spin rates down significantly, tried to throw a little bit harder, tried to compensate for that decrease in spin rate by adding a little bit more velocity. But back-to-back bad starts for Bauer here with decreased spin rates. This is not an injury-related thing. It's it kind of is what it is. You know, this one's not even really accusatory. I think people just kind of widely accept that Bauer, who proved this in a game back in 2018, in the first inning of a game, he proved how much putting these substances on will increase spin rate. And I think maybe he got to a point where he was like, look, I showed you what happens and you didn't care. So now I'm just going to do what everybody else is doing. And so with his spin rates down quite significantly in his last two starts, he's going to have to find a way to adjust. A lot of guys will try to adjust by throwing with more velocity. And what happens when you throw with more velocity is you get more erratic. I think Bauer had four walks two starts ago. Not sure how many he had over the weekend here. Dylan Cease, a guy that has walk rate issues, that's something I would pay attention to. Corbin Burns, you know, when he kind of flamed out as a starter a couple of years ago, he had a really high walk rate. So, yeah, it helps. I mean, having extra grip on the baseball absolutely helps with your control. So, Cease, Burns, and Bauer, three guys I would pay very close attention to here as we move forward. Sunday, once again, Wandy Peralta showing up on this list. And you know, like I said, maybe a usage thing. Velocity was way down in that start or in that relief appearance on Sunday as well. But that's one I'd follow pretty closely. Uh, Lucas Sims showing up again here for the Reds on Sunday. How about Shane Bieber? Big drop in curveball spin rate. Big drops across the board for Shane Bieber with a bad start against the Seattle Mariners. First time he's given up multiple home runs on the curveball in a single start was one of the things I think I saw on Twitter. But also Bieber's velocity down. And this has kind of been a thing off and on here this season. He got worked very, very hard in the month of April. He got pushed to a level that I really don't think that he should have been pushed to. And now we've kind of seen him have some velocity decreases, a little bit of that, um, you know, less control than what we've seen in past years. So I don't think that there's an injury here for Bieber. The arm may be a little bit tired, but big drop in the curveball spin rate on Sunday and the Mariners took full advantage. Uh, Speaking of the Pirates, you know, another one here on Sunday, Sam Howard is a guy who's had really big spin rates, spin rate decreases multiple times in a row. Like I said, I think there's something going on with the Pirates here in this regard. Chase DeJong had a bunch of spin rate drops over the weekend. 
Uh, Tyler Anderson, like I mentioned, a lot of relievers, the same thing for them. Seems like the Pirates weren't doing things fully on the up and up here. So, you know, they're already a bad team, but now they're probably going to be worse. One other one here, Kenley Jansen on Sunday for the Dodgers. Decreased spin rates across the board, but the velocity was up. So I'll be keeping an eye on that one here in his appearances as we go forward. But like I talked about on um, on last Thursday's show, baseballsavant.com, go to the game feed, go to the player breakdown section, and you will see the spin rates, the velocity, the swings and misses, the you know max exit velocity, pitch velocity, all those things for every pitcher that made an appearance in that game. So baseballsavant.com, go to the game feed, and when you select the game, go to player breakdowns, and that will take you to see where you can find you know these spin rate decreases and all those different types of things. But as far as to kind of uh, you know put a bow on this for today's show, bullpens and specifically full team bullpens where multiple guys are seeing spin rate drops, that's worth watching closely. I think the Braves and the Pirates, two of them that really stand out here. Uh, maybe the Red Sox to a lesser degree as well. The Indians, certainly, uh, with Karen Chack and Sandlin. But then Dylan Cease, Corbin Burns, Trevor Bauer, uh, Shane Bieber, Tyler Anderson. You know, These are some guys I think are very much Tyler Mayo. Uh, some guys that are very much worth paying close attention to. Chichi Gonzalez as well. You know, I think there are some guys that will kind of chance it. You know, we'll keep trying to use these things to try and be effective. But once Major League Baseball suspends somebody for this, then I think all hell will break loose. So we'll see what happens this week. We'll see if we get any suspensions coming from this substance usage. Uh, but you know, again, it's a, it's a very dicey, very precarious situation right now for a lot of guys, for a lot of teams, and also for a lot of baseball handicappers. But to that end, the bullpen impacts here. You know, when I was growing up, and I'm in my mid-30s now, when I was growing up, you know, it was always, oh, you got to run up that starter's pitch count. You got to run up the starter's pitch count. You want to get into the bullpen. You want to get into the bullpen. And these old guard, you know, these, these white dudes that bitch about how the game used to be, you know, these guys still hold on to that mantra of running up a starter's pitch count and this and that. The fact of the matter is that a, a starter's pitch count doesn't mean dick. It doesn't matter because the game is so highly specialized now that you've got these really deep bullpens. Everybody comes out of the bullpen pumping 94 plus and all of that. But with what we're seeing here with this spin rate crackdown, I want to see what happens here with bullpens because, you know, you look at bullpen specialization, you look at all the strikeouts that are out there. And we're talking about relievers striking out almost a quarter of the batters they're facing this year, 24.7%. But as this crackdown takes hold, do we see more balls in play off of relievers? And if we do, well, relievers have been walking a lot of guys the last few years with the increased velocity, the wipeout break, breaking balls and all that, and also allowing quite a bit of home runs. You know, relievers allowing a lot more home runs now than they used to. And the thing about this is, you know, if you're a starting pitcher, right, and, and you, you know, experience a fastball spin rate decrease, something like that, you've got typically three or four other pitches that you can go to. You know, if you're a reliever, you're a reliever because, A, you either can't pitch six innings, 
you know, your body just won't let you or B and this is the case for most guys, your arsenal is just not deep enough. You're a two pitch pitcher. Maybe you have a third pitch. That's maybe a get me over kind of, you know, change the eye level, get a guy off balance, something like that. But a lot of guys rely on a fastball and a breaking ball. And so if you can't use these substances and it you know, decreases the effectiveness of one or both of your pitches, that's a big problem. So that's something I think is very much worth watching here as far as bullpens go. What happens with this strikeout rate? Do we see you know, another increase in home runs off of relievers? Do we see a walk rate increase? Because I just talked about it with guys like Cease, even Bauer to a degree. You know, guys like that. Tyler Mayo used to have a high walk rate. The guys that are having the decreases in spin rate now, you could make a case that they were using some kind of substance to improve their control. Well, that's another thing with a lot of relievers. They don't have good control. You know, in a short burst, you can deal with it. When you're supposed to give a team five or six innings, you can't. So we're probably going to see a walk rate increase, a home run increase, and a strikeout decrease from relievers as this crackdown takes place. So that will impact totals. That will impact full game side betting. Maybe you want to look at more first fives, stuff like that. So that's what I'm really curious to see. What happens with these bullpens here? as this crackdown really takes hold, as guys start to get suspended. And like I said, my guess is, I bet you that several of the early suspensions, if Major League Baseball actually follows through with this, I bet several of the early suspensions will be relief pitchers. Those will be the guys I think that get caught. So I I think that we're kind of, you know, in, in some choppy waters right now in terms of, trying to hope that bullpens finish off games for us. So that may be something that you want to consider here as we go forward, whether it's betting more overs or, or something like that. But I think bullpen effectiveness will go down and could go down quite significantly if this crackdown is shown to actually have some teeth. Something else I want to talk about here today, other than all the spin rate stuff, and again, skatingtripods at gmail.com to get the list or to get the uh, to get on the list, excuse me, for the betters box show notes here. Pitchers and cluster luck. I've talked about this concept of cluster luck a lot. If you haven't read Trading Bases yet by Joe Pita, I very much encourage you to do that. But cluster luck is basically you know, the splits that are out there for these guys. Are they having a lot of good fortune with men in square position? Are they not? You know, that will directly impact your pitcher's ERA. And, you know, directly impact things like left on base percentage, things that we look for positive or negative regression from, stuff like that. So I just wanted to mention a few pitchers here that are very much on the cluster luck radar. And we talk about guys with a high Woba with the bases empty and guys with a low Woba with men on base. So they're putting guys on base, but they're not giving up a lot of runs because they're just pitching better in those high leverage spots or Balls aren't finding as many holes, stuff like that. So look at Robbie Ray, for example. Robbie Ray of the Toronto Blue Jays here. He has a 346 Woba against with the bases empty. It is 255 with men on base. Robbie Ray, a big left on base percentage this season. Giving up a lot of home runs, most of them being solo shots. That's driven up the Woba a little bit. But Robbie Ray is a guy that's 
really not having a whole lot of success pitching from the windup. But then he gets into the stretch, and with men on base, he's actually doing really, really well. One of the best in the league with a 255 Woba. So generally speaking, you would expect those things to kind of regress to the mean a little bit, where maybe with the bases empty, he starts doing a little bit better. But with men on base, he starts doing a little bit worse. Tyler Anderson here of the Pirates, another one, 341 Woba with the bases empty, 276 with men on base, and already a guy that I want to fade because of those spin rate decreases. So Tyler Anderson, a guy that we should keep a close eye on for a lot of different reasons here as we go forward. Herman Marquez, excuse me, of the Colorado Rockies, 338 Woba with the bases empty, 293 with men on base. So not as big of a gap as some of these guys, but you talk about pitching in Colorado, you talk about pitching with traffic all the time and all of that. Marquez, a guy that may be in line for some negative regression here in those more important plate appearances as we go forward. Just talked about him for a spin rate decrease. Shane Bieber, 337 Woba against with the bases empty, 255 with men on base. So Bieber, a guy, could be in line for some negative regression. And I think as he faces better offensive teams, I will try to fade him uh, in some of his upcoming starts. That will be something that I do look to try and do. Typically, I don't like trying to fade aces, but there are enough things in his profile right now that concern me that I think there are some opportunities to go against Bieber and maybe make some money in the process there. Lastly, Casey Mize, who I'm watching very closely in his next start, which I believe is coming up tomorrow. Uh, Casey Mize, spin rate and velocity decrease in his last start. Paying close attention to that could be an injury indicator, but also with the bases empty, a 318 Woba against with men on base, 263. So not bad numbers uh, by any means with the bases empty, but doing really well with men on base, not a great defensive team for the Tigers. So maybe Mize a bit of a fade guy uh, tomorrow against Kansas City. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what that price looks like, but that may be one that I kind of look on to try and exploit a little bit here this week. Now, the flip side of that coin, obviously, guys with a low Wobo with the bases empty, but then they're not doing well with men on base. And these are guys that, you know, probably should have better fortunes, better luck, all of that. Because, look, if you're getting hit with the bases empty, it's not that big of a deal. If you're getting hit with men on base, it's a huge deal. So one that really stands out here, Brady Singer of the Kansas City Royals. A 256 Woba with the bases empty, 396 with men on base. 140 point difference there. That's about as cluster luck as it gets for a pitcher. So Brady Singer not having much luck pitching out of jams, getting out of innings, all of that. Uh, But he's done a pretty good job of not setting up a lot of opportunities for the opposition. So a couple of things that should regress to the mean a little bit there. Jordan Montgomery, 271 Woba with the bases empty, 330 with men on base. Zach Greinke, 281 with the bases empty, 335 with men on base. And then a big one here, Merrill Kelly of the Arizona Diamondbacks, 288 Woba with the bases empty, 388 with men on base. So Merrill Kelly, a guy that has had very little luck here so far this season. Diamondbacks, typically a pretty good defensive team. He hasn't really gotten to experience a whole lot of that this season. But Merrill Kelly, in his start over the weekend, didn't pitch very well, but his velocities were up a little bit. So I don't know what to make of that. Coming off of a major surgery in the offseason, pitched poorly in the spring, 
pitched poorly at the start of the season, has been better since, uh, but a guy that definitely has what appears to be some pretty negative cluster luck so far this season. All right, let's go down the lines. We'll talk about some line moves dating back to Friday here. And, you know, we saw some Cubs money in this series against the Cardinals, much as I expected. Saw money with Cole Stewart on Friday against Johan Oviedo. Uh, The Cubs won that game and actually won all three games in that series with a sweep. On Friday, we saw Brandon Woodruff money on the Brewers against the Pirates. Uh, Not a surprise to see money coming in against the Pirates. Lines have been adjusted with Cabrian Hayes back, but the Pirates offense has just been abysmal uh, over the last, really over the last, I don't know, five, six years. Uh, But, you know, very, very bad here over the last two seasons and very bad this season as well. Ryan Yarbrough and the Rays took some money against Keegan Aiken and the Orioles. You know, the Orioles are actually a top two, top three team in hitting against left-handed pitchers. But that was one where the Rays did take money there with Ryan Yarbrough on the mound. You know, I really wanted to see what would happen with this Indians and Mariners series. And, you know, we didn't see a lot of line movement one way or the other. We saw some mild steam on Aaron Savale on Friday. He pitched very, very well over his eight innings. but. We didn't really see any money in the Saturday game between Yusei Kikuchi and Tristan McKenzie, at least not from a side standpoint. The total came down a full run from nine to eight, and that was a miserable beat for underbetters in that one. That game went to extra innings. Indians were down four to one, had nobody on base with two outs, tied the game in the ninth, and then walked it off in the 10th to push on the opening total and give everybody a loser on the eight and a half or eight that they got. So a brutal beat there. But then also on Sunday, we didn't see Shane Bieber money against Logan Gilbert. So both of those teams in line for negative regression, both of those teams, if you look at their alternate standings metrics, not a whole lot of fans of them out there, uh, but we didn't really see a whole lot of line movement in that series. Saw some slight Royals money. That was Brady Singer and Cole Irvin on Friday. Maybe some of what I talked about with regards to Singer and his cluster luck coming uh, coming into play there. Uh, with the line movement in that game. Royals did lose by a run, uh, but the market kind of backing Singer a little bit. We'll see if they do that again here this week. Uh, I believe he takes on the Tigers coming up here on Wednesday. We saw money on Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers on Friday. That was against Mike Fultonevich and the Texas Rangers. Uh, road fade of Mike Fultonevich is something that we should all be looking to do uh, because Mike Fultonevich does not have good numbers and has pitched most of his games down in Arlington where it's actually a pretty good pitcher's park. So the road fade of Fultonevich very much in play there on Friday. Saturday, we saw some steam on Wade Miley and the Reds back at home. They were taking on Colorado and Herman Marquez. Uh, the Rockies road fade, the Reds home money. Not really a big surprise to see those two things coming together there on Saturday. Corbin Burns took a ton of money against the Pirates. That was for the Brewers, of course. Burns did not pitch well. The spin rate decreased, but the Brewers' offense bailed him out there in that one, won that game 7-4, to four, scoring seven unanswered runs in the process. Joe Musgrove and the Padres took money on Saturday against the Mets and Marcus Stroman. And the Padres, man, I just they still aren't hitting. They just still can't get this thing going offensively here. They make a lot of hard contact. They've just had no success on it whatsoever. Uh, they took some money there on Saturday with Musgrove, Pitched well, but not as well as Stroman and the Mets offense uh, picks up another win. The Mets playing very well right now, by the way. Saturday, we saw the fate of John Gant yet again. John Gant and Kyle Hendricks in that game there at Wrigley Field. 
Uh, everybody and their brother fading John Gant every time he takes the mound. That will happen again probably this week uh, in his next start. And I mentioned uh, the brutal beat there for Seattle and Cleveland. Totals betters, that total came down a full run. A lot of line moves on the totals here this season, understandably so. Um, you know, that was one that uh, didn't work out, but most of them actually have here this year. The Diamondbacks have been taking some money lately. I mean, they've lost like a million games in a row. They've won, I think, three of their last 30 games or something like that. The market's been betting them because they're getting healthy now, but uh, they're still not able to win games. So, uh, you know, I, I've barked up that tree a time or two with Arizona, but you know, right now they just are not playing well at all. Sunday, we saw some money on the Nationals. That was Joe Ross against the Giants and Johnny Cueto. I took Cueto and the Giants yesterday, posted the article before the line move, of course, so wound up losing more than I should have on that game. But uh, interesting to see the Nationals steam there on Ross, who didn't really have any signs in the profile uh, that you know he was worth taking. The Pirates actually took money on Sunday. That was Will Crow and Adrian Hauser. Uh, maybe that was lineup related. I didn't go back and check, but always weird when the Pirates actually take some money out there. Uh, we saw some very, very heavy Robbie Ray money. Flipped favorite situation for the Blue Jays and Red Sox on Sunday. And the Blue Jays absolutely pummeled Martin Perez in that when they scored 18 runs in that game. And this Red Sox pitching staff has been really bad here of late. Very, very bad from the top to the bottom too. The rotation's been awful. The bullpen has regressed. Uh, Boston's in a, in a bad way right now. And Toronto playing pretty well here once again. Framber Valdez taking money for the fourth straight time. He's made four starts this year. He's been bet on in every one of them. So if you want to back Houston and Framber Valdez, do it early because money will come in on the left-hander. Lastly, on Sunday here, we saw Dane Dunning and some Rangers money come in against Walker Bueller and the Dodgers. Wound up being a loser. The Dodgers did win that game 5-3. to three. Uh, But I don't know, maybe some people speculating on Bueller and spin rates. I don't know, but... Uh, you know, you're not making a lot of money fading the Dodgers here, except for Trevor Bauer at this point in time. Very busy card here on Monday. Seeing some Mets money on the board. That's David Peterson against Jake Arietta. Not a bad idea to fade Arietta. Maybe fading the Cubs off their sweep of the Cardinals as well. Uh, so uh, line move to pay attention to there. Seeing some indications of some Reds money as they take on the Brewers and Eric Lauer today. I like the Reds. This is a play that I made. It's the only underdog on my card for today. Did take the Reds in that road spot. Vladimir Gutierrez on the mound for them. Uh, not really a big Eric Lauer guy, but most importantly for me, Josh Hader's pitched three days in a row. He will not pitch today for the Brewers. Devin Williams has thrown three, two in a row and maybe three of the last four, three of the last five, something like that. So he's kind of running up against it a little bit. Uh, Brad Boxberger had a velocity decrease in his last appearance. So Kind of fading Lauer, but also fading the state of that Milwaukee bullpen. And the Brewers are just pathetic at home offensively. So took the Reds at the plus money price here for today. Seeing some very heavy money on Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals. This one against the Marlins and prospect Braxton Garrett. I played under eight and a half in this one. Uh, I agree with the Wainwright money to be sure. Wainwright with some massive home road splits, but uh, took the under eight and a half for this one. So hopefully... That one winds up coming through. Lastly here, uh, money on Brad Keller and the Royals. A little bit of a fade of Matt Boyd and the Tigers. Not sure I fully understand that line move. Uh, kind of had a lean to the Tigers this morning. 
I'm going to play it, but uh, not sure I get what's happening with that line. All right, so let's preview the week ahead here. And we start with the Rays and the White Sox. They begin tonight with a really good pitching matchup between Tyler Glass now and Lance Lynn. Shane McClanahan, Dallas Keuchel on Tuesday, Ryan Yarbrough and Lucas Giolito on Wednesday. And the White Sox are getting two left-handed pitchers in this series here. But I do think on Tuesday that we see Shane McClanahan money and raise money to fade Dallas Keuchel. I think Ryan Yarbrough will have an opener on Wednesday. I'm not sure who that's going to be, but I would expect the Rays to go with an opener, especially against this White Sox lineup that's so good against Southpaws. But, you know, when I look at this one, I don't mind the Rays series price at plus 110. They could very well win tonight with Glass now. Certainly expect money to come in on them in that McClanahan-Keuchel matchup. And, you know, Ryan Yarbrough is, is a contact management master. You know, I, I, I know that the White Sox have hit a lot of lefties this year, but maybe they don't really hit Yarborough. Giolito hasn't been as good as I think we all expected him to be. I think the Rays series price, I'm seeing about plus 110 out there. Not a bad look here. So maybe that's something you want to take a, a look at for this Rays and White Sox series. Padres and the Rockies. Denilson, Lamette, Austin Gomber tonight. Hugh Darvish and Chichi Gonzalez tomorrow. Blake Snell and Kyle Freeland on Wednesday. As I said, Freeland's velocity and spin kind of suggesting to me that he's still hurt. So hoping for a decent San Diego price on Wednesday. Don't really love backing Blake Snell in this spot, but it's more of a fade of Kyle Freeland than anything else. Although I think you could also take a look at something like the Padres team total over, something like that in that getaway day game here on Wednesday. Uh, Chichi Gonzalez on Tuesday, as I said, a spin rate decrease for him. You Darvish. Two of his three highest fastball spin rate starts this season, or two of the three starts that have been the highest for him, have been in his last three starts. So is he going to scale it back a little bit? Is there something going on there? Has he done this organically? I don't know. But obviously the big question here in this series is, will the Padres hit? I mean, they, they really haven't hit much throughout the course of the season here. Will they hit in this series at Coors Field especially with Gonzalez and Freeland, two guys that they absolutely should hit in this series. Tigers and Royals here. We got Matt Boyd and Brad Keller tonight. Casey Mize, Mike Miner tomorrow. Tarek Skubal and Brady Singer on Wednesday. Some pretty good young starting pitchers here in this series. As I mentioned, we're seeing that Keller steam for tonight. On Tuesday, you know, I'm seeing some concerning indicators for Casey Mize. I might take a piece of Kansas City with Mike Miner on the mound. And then Wednesday, you know, Tarek Skubal's pitched well. His spin rates were down in his last start. Uh, Brady Singer, positive regression guy. Maybe an under in that getaway day game on Wednesday. I do think we see Royals money hit the board. So if you like Kansas City, I would bet that one early. Uh, but I might have a couple of plays in this series here after not having one today, looking ahead to Tuesday and Wednesday's games. Yankees and the Blue Jays. This one starts tomorrow night up in Buffalo. Jordan Montgomery, Hunjin Ryu on Tuesday. Uh, Garrett Cole, Ross Stripling Wednesday. Michael King for the Yankees against To Be Determined on Thursday. Not that this really has any bearing on the games or the series, but I will be curious to see if the Yankees have a home field advantage there in Buffalo. I mean, it it wouldn't be the biggest shock. Uh, The Blue Jays' offense is humming right along right now. Obviously, we had the Garrett Cole spin rate drop, so that's something to consider. 
a lot of Yankees money has come in of late, but and that offense just will not come around. So I'll be curious to see how the market approaches this series, where the opening numbers are, and kind of what we see uh, once these games actually do get played. Lastly, just bouncing around to a couple of series here, Tyler Anderson and Patrick Corbin is the pitching matchup on Tuesday between the Pirates and the Nationals. And I'm guessing we see nine here for this one, but I want to know what this total looks like because Patrick Corbin is a shell of himself right now. Low swinging percentage, or swinging strike percentage, excuse me. He only had three swings and misses a couple starts ago. Uh, But then there's Tyler Anderson. The decreased spin rates, the Nationals hit lefties pretty well. Two bullpens that I don't really like at this point in time. I think this looks like an over on Tuesday. We'll see what this total looks like. As I said, I'm thinking nine. Uh, If the total winds up being too high, maybe I'll just bite the bullet and take Corbin or something like that. But uh, I am looking to actively fade Tyler Anderson. Should get a chance to do that here on Tuesday with the Nationals. And then second here, Tyler Mayo pitching on Wednesday against Freddie Peralta and the Brewers. What does this price look like? Do we get the chance to fade Mayo and those decreased spin rates? But on the other hand, the Brewers suck at home offensively, and they're really bad against right-handed pitchers. So maybe this isn't the spot to fade Tyler Mayo, but I think we will have some as we go forward here. So Talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of very poignant, very important stuff, as far as I'm concerned, on this edition of the Betters Box. So email me, skatingtripods at gmail.com, if you want the notes for the Betters Box shows. Coming up on Tuesday, I'll chat about the U.S. Open and the NHL playoffs with Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And remember that you will never strike out when you're in the betters box.